Hi, and welcome to the Define Your Exit podcast from Emergent. At Emergent, it's our mission to own and operate an active portfolio of exceptional brands that have long-term vision and turn them into category leaders. Now, every week we discuss valuable strategies with industry leaders and service providers that will maximize your business valuation and allow you to define what selling your business looks like. Whether you're looking to sell your business tomorrow or just curious to learn more about the Amazon aggregator space, this podcast is for you. Now, I'm your host, Barkas Patty, and I'm grateful to be part of the Amazon community for over six years, working in the software space and selling on Amazon since 2015. In that time frame, I've helped thousands of businesses launch products on Amazon and build great software for analytics, marketing, and customer engagement. And we'd love to connect with you and answer any questions you have about exiting your business and starting that next chapter of your life. Go to Emergent.com to contact us or email me directly at Barkus at Emergent.com. That's B-A-R-C-U-S at E-M-E-R-G-A-N-T dot com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you can get notified about every new episode. Hey everybody, Barkus Patty here with Emergent. Uh, this is episode 12 of Define Your Exit podcast. Uh, today I have Joshua Porter on here with Elite Seller Software and uh, we're going to talk about a couple of things, probably, uh, probably go off the rails a little bit. Uh, in the conversations I always like to do. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Amazon in terms of service, what it means for buyers, what it means for sellers, and what it means for uh, software and services as well. And then probably talk a little bit about client engagement. Uh, and then we're just going to see how this rolls. So Joshua, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate uh, you taking the time to do this with me. Hey, no problem, Barkus. Glad to be here, man. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Joshua Porter. I am the sales director over here at Elite Seller. Elite Seller is a, uh, a multi-tiered Amazon software designed to do everything from helping you launch, scale, automate, and and actively effectively engage with your clients. And if you're not using Elite Seller, you can head on over to EliteSeller.com, sign up for your 14-day free trial. Uh, there's plenty of info right now on the website. Currently, we have a 45-day uh, free trial promotion that's, that ends at the end of the year. So if you're not a current user on our platform, that's a great way to actually get engaged with our tool and see the benefits that it can do for your Amazon business. What a perfect intro, right? Uh, and, and I will say this, man, like, I, so I've worked in software for like a little over six years. I really mm -hmm. like your UI, like the customizing the dashboards is a big deal to me because whether you're, if you're starting out selling on Amazon, you don't, know what to look for right but then if you're doing i don't know 18 figures a month right selling on amazon like you you just have different needs right so you want to look at certain metrics more often than not or differently from somebody starting out so to be able to customize those dashboards it's a big deal and that's like yeah so hats off to that there's a lot of cool things in there that i enjoy yeah, it's an it's a it's a pretty amazing software, and the dashboard is one of our flagship modules on our tool. Uh, I would like to consider it the north star of our tool. Obviously, it's the first thing that you see when you log on to Elite Seller, and after you do the onboarding uh, onboarding uh, wizard, and you get everything set up, and it's designed to show you essentially where your business is going on a day to day basis, and you can adjust those KPIs and those metrics on a on a consistent time frame. You can actually even set it up um, to where you have unique tabs that focus on one account, or you could have it show all your accounts in one single place. And that's what the whole tool was designed for. It was designed for scale because uh, the whole concept of it came about from just uh, our founders actually having their own agencies and constantly managing all these spreadsheets and all this information and having it be all over the place and having it be inconsistent. So these are true Amazon metrics that are being pulled into your account and actually actively being displayed. 
So if you want to know what your total sales are, or your entire inventory evaluation, you can get that information right there at a glance and you can even summarize it, look at it on a year basis, look at it on a day basis, look at it on yesterday, tomorrow, next couple of days. And it's pretty awesome. You should check it out if you guys aren't well, doing it. Yeah, there, uh, I, I do love that you can uh, quick change into different accounts. Like, because again, if you're managing multiple accounts, if you're an agency or a consultant or whatever, like that's just a time saver right there. Mm -hmm. um, it's a big deal. And there's, there's, there's not a lot of software out there that does it the way as cleanly as y'all do it. So again, hats off to you. Um, so let's talk about Amazon TOS because it's like every six months, uh, the sky is falling, the, the world is ending and nobody can sell on Amazon anymore. And I feel like this year in particular, um, has been some wild statements from Amazon. Um, I remember like specifically the, there was, there's two, like, so Amazon is always facing scrutiny from the government, right? Mm -hmm. um, because they're just really big, uh, you know, and, and historically, you know, the government has broken up companies before they broke up Ma Bell back in the eighties. And then, so there was like 18 different versions of that that turned into AT&T and then they actually bought them all back and now they're bigger than they were in the eighties. So that's always funny. That's always a funny story, but <clears throat> there's always this people talking about should Amazon be broken up? Could they be broken up? So then there, there's all this scrutiny from, from all sides. And mm -hmm. when you get scrutiny from the government, when you're as big as Amazon, you get scrutiny from the government and then you got somebody like the FTC sending you a letter. So, um, for people that don't know back in, I think, was it October? Not that long ago, Amazon sent out a letter, uh, addressing about, I think a, a little over a thousand or like 1100 companies and basically pointing, like, pointing the finger at them like, Hey, um, we know that you might be involved in like review, ma ma review manipulation, customer manipulation. There's several things. Mm -hmm. Um, and if we catch you in the future, we can fine you up to $42,000 per instance. And when you have this huge conglomerate like Amazon, like there's so many different parts of it. Um, I think it set up, it sent up a couple of red flags to Amazon and that's what pushed uh, some, some changes, right? I think that's where a lot of changes come from is Amazon wants to not be talked about uh, when it comes to the government as much as possible, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just to give you another instance of the situation that happened with the Southern Bell or the Ma Bell companies, uh, another one that's probably in more recent records is uh, with Microsoft. This actually happened back in, I believe it was like the early 90s that Microsoft was uh, fined for for antitrust and uh, market manipulation on trying to capitalize on the way that people actually use the software. And that created a that's now just now actually coming to fruition after a very long deliberation in many years. Um, I actually talked about this on an episode with um, on the Elite Seller Show with uh, Dan Mazaros and Buy Boxer Service. But the, the whole gist of it is that Amazon is obviously getting looked at because they're a very large and powerful company. So when the government decides to crack down on them, obviously in this case, it was for FTC manipulation. So this is could be anything as far as false reviews, false ratings, uh, falsely manipulating sales, anything like that, they're going to go and they're going to go uh, try to figure out who is actually causing this on their platform. In this instance, they thought the best thing to do was just to uh, strike hard and strike fast and go after softwares, assuming that softwares were the cause of this issue. But it's not uh, it's not software itself that's actually causing this issue. 
and it's not rebates itself that is causing this issue. It's the platform itself that's leaving it very open to interpretation for people to actually leave reviews, whether they're incentivized or not, in multitude of different aspects. But they thought the, the easiest way to actually go about this was going after uh, services that essentially offer rebates. Yeah, and it's th this is not a new tactic by Amazon either. Like I remember back in the day of, of when I used to work for an Amazon software company, we we did launches. We we helped you disperse a large sale, and um, there were like we would see changes over the years. And, it, mm -hmm. and at first, it's like, well, you can't you can't incentivize reviews anymore uh, because previously to that, like prior to like September two thousand sixteen, you could just mm -hmm. there were services you could just go buy reviews. Here's five hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. I want two hundred reviews over the weekend, and then you would get it. Um, and that was completely within terms of service. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is the terms of service changes. And then there's a, a wild, there's a group of people. It's like, oh, I told you so. And it's like, okay, man, like, well, we weren't doing anything wrong until yesterday. Right. Um, and then it was like, well, now they're starting to water down the rank of how much a large discount affects things. So then it was, that's where I think rebates were pushed. Like, well, a, a natural aspect is like, well, these large discount, large discounts don't work in that manner. So, and then rebates started kind of coming around and then it got really popular. Well, if, if we were to actually turn back the hands of time on this subject, and we're actually going to do that just a bit, it going back to your previous example where you just talked about purchasing reviews, right? That was considered like within terms of service back in 2014 through 2016. And then Amazon did their, uh, their review manipulation crackdown. But if you were to actually use one of these services and you could easily have at that time, find them on Facebook, you could literally just join a group. Yeah. You could pay for those reviews. You essentially give them a 99% off coupon or anything that's very, very deeply discounted. And they would go and purchase your product. They would then go leave a review and then they would have a little statement at the bottom of it that say, I received this, I, I'm leaving this review in exchange for uh, X, Y, Z, right? And that would be considered uh, legal within Amazon terms of service. It would actually help you rank exponentially. It would be quite valuable. And then Amazon did a massive review purge and a lot of people um, lost their Amazon businesses because of that. You know, their products went from being on page one to being non-existent because they weren't able to be uh, found based off of reviews. And not a lot of people were really doing deep keyword research and, and optimizing their listings the way that they're doing now. So that's just one aspect of it. Then it migrated over to the use of coupons, right? Coupons were very popular for helping people actually rank their product. Amazon started cracking down on that. They cracked down on people that were using two-step URLs at that time because they added in that unique time code within the URL structure that keeps track of everybody's uh, signature as they're browsing pages. And that was one way that they started cracking down. That was with people trying to use uh, two-step URLs to actually advance on their rank when it comes to specific keywords or even on their, on their product uh, itself. Um, so then they started cracking down on coupons, right? So then coupons became the, the biggest, uh, the boogeyman in the room, so to speak. And that's when it's shifted over to manufacturing rebates. And that's essentially a lot of companies still do that on Amazon today. Sony does yeah, that. Yeah. A lot of uh, Nike does that, even though Nike's no longer with Amazon. Um, a lot of, a lot of companies still use rebates. So it's like this weird gray area where if the larger the company that you are, you're still allowed to do rebates. But if you're a smaller company or if you're using a software or a service, you're technically not allowed to do it. And that's why they came and rolled out this implementation where they're saying like, hey, uh, here's in our terms of service clearly broken down, which is the first time to ever happen in the history of Amazon's terms of service. That's yeah. these these specific actions are officially deemed against terms of service. Yeah. And it's this is where I take issue with it is that 
Amazon still has their own internal, they have their own rebate system mm -hmm. on Amazon. It's very small. And this is where my, I have a theory that in not too long time, they're going to basically revamp that and make it popular. And you're going to have to, you have to be brand registered, but you, and you have to pay for it and it's their own rebate system. Right. Mm -hmm. um, because part of that terms of service is like, they're, they were very clever in the language. Their language is, if you offer a discount to anybody and they're buying that product on Amazon, that discount has to live inside Amazon's ecosystem, mm -hmm. which is super smart, which um, it's super smart on their end. I, I take issue with it kind of, but I, under, I uh, just because like, Hey, you can't, uh, I like, I hate to use the word unfair because everything in life is unfair, but like to tell people they can't do that, but then, you do it as well. That's the kind of issue that I have. And then the whole thing with search, find, buy, I take issue with too is, and this is just me personally as, as a business owner, right? <laughs> I don't think that Amazon has a big issue with Josh, Joshua saying, Hey, Barkus, I've got this new product that came out. Um, if you're interested in it, the best way to find it is to search for stainless steel garlic press. And we're probably on page two or three. That's search, find, buy. You search mm -hmm. for it, you find it, and you buy it. That's what search, find, buy is. I think when you start to layer it with uh, asking for people for a review, and maybe there's a huge discount on top of that as well, and um, or there's a rebate externally. So I think that's that's where they have an issue with it. But because I, you know, how are you? How do I explain to people how to find my products? Then right? If somebody's like, "Oh, cool, Marcus, you sell this thing. How do I find it?" I'm like, "I don't know. I can't tell you. Uh, that's against terms of service, right? I can't. I can't explain to you how to find my product." So. It's still super vague, even though this is as clear as they've been, I mm -hmm. think, ever. Um, so there's just still a bunch of gray area, still a bunch of questions like, well, what if this and what if that? And I think at the end of the day, it's like, <clears throat> I think that if you're trying to sell a product um, and if you offer a sale, if it's a time limited sale of a real product to a real customer, like it's not your friends, right? Um, it, I don't think that Amazon ultimately cares. I don't think that they care at the end of the day about the URL um, about the discount and about asking for reviews. If it's, if none of that is manipulated, right. Mm -hmm. If it's like, Hey man, I'd love for you to leave a review. You don't have to though. Right. There's a 20% coupon on, on the page, take it if you want it, you know, and it's like, Hey, the best way to find my product is this way. So if you do it in a way that you're like, I'm just trying to showcase my products in the best way possible. I think that Amazon doesn't ultimately care. I think when it's like, and yeah, they went after software because that's the easiest thing, you know, mm -hmm. but like, there's tons of companies out there and really big companies that have their own external rebate system, right? You can buy a product on Amazon from these big brands and you'll get a product insert and it's like, go through this funnel and it's not really any software. It's just a landing page. And you just put your information in there. You put your order ID and your, you know, the address, they validate that order and they send you the rebate. How is Amazon going to stop that? Right. I'm not saying, I'm not telling people to go out there and go willy nilly on rebates. I'm just saying like for, mm -hmm. to say something is wrong, but we still offer it and you can't police every landing page in the world. Right. So I think it more of it is like, it's more of a shock and awe kind of thing. Mm -hmm. People on their toes, um, you know, uh, you know, and, and uh, anyway, that I'm going off on a tangent here, but it's like, there's mm -hmm. so many unanswered questions about all this. Yeah, there are a lot of unanswered questions, but what has been clear is that Amazon no longer actually favors rebates. There, there are still yeah. softwares and services out there that still do that. And that's up to them if they continue to use that business model. And, you know, I, I wish them well in, in their business adventures uh, and hope that they don't 
they don't have any kind of issues, whether they get their business shut down, get sued or, or, or get their software uh, APIs access revoked. But one thing that we can make certain from this is that Amazon is clearly, they want to have brand cohesiveness on their platform and they want to actually have a beautiful representation of their company in the public sector. So yeah. they want to actually focus more on the brand building aspect. And that's what I think most Amazon sellers and even software should be focusing on nowadays because that is like the most crucial, uh, most, most crucial aspect of their business in the long run. Um, perfect, perfect example is I actually just bought a bunch of soaps from Dr. Squatch. I'm not sponsored by them, but um, when I was on their website, you know, it's like I've been hit up for their ads so many different times. Their ads and, are amazing, by the way. Yeah, they, they are. They really I, nail it. Dude, I smell like pine tar. It's, a, it's, it's fantastic. You know, I smell like a forest. Um, so uh, going into the the process of it. Like you said, it was just a simple landing page. It, it asked me what I was interested in. It took me through the process. I ended up buying a bunch of it, but the most, most crucial aspect of it, you know, outside of waiting like nearly three weeks for this product to arrive, these products to arrive was the fact that it came with like a very beautiful product insert, you know, fantastic packaging, beautiful product insert. And the product insert essentially walked me through on how to set up the shower caddy, how to set up everything else. And it was so straightforward and so simplistic. Um, I already had a shower caddy in my shower and it sucked. The big issue is that the damn thing was made of metal, which is not great for the shower. It would fall over. It, it was like bulky. It was ridiculous. I actually just threw it out this morning. But the process uh, of setting up the shower caddy and getting these soaps and getting all the accoutrements that came with it really actually fleshed out the brand experience for me. And that's what I see a lot of brands on Amazon not really even attempting to do, right? I'm not saying that you need to go and you need to build up 15 to 20 different uh, sequencing sequences of pages that's going to uh, help you engage with your customer. But imagine if you were trying to sell something in a competitive niche on Amazon and you're doing the same thing that everybody else is doing. It's the same cookie cutter product, same blue pen or same uh, yellow or orange, uh, uh, I guess you could say coffee mug or something like that, double insulated coffee mug, but you're not doing anything to make the, uh, make the buyer feel, feel special at the end of the day, you're essentially wasting your time. Hopefully you're actually making a profit off of that, but there's nothing that's really going to stand out and make you want to actually make the customer actually want to come back and leave a product review for that product. And since we're, this is on the concept of evaluation, if we're thinking macro, then if we're thinking macro about this, then we can think uh, micro about this, then we can think macro about it, right? If you have all these brands that are actively being, that are actively doing well and have this really great post-purchase engagement um, with your buyers, you can actually create your own list. You can actually retarget those people. You can make them unique offers on your website that's completely off of Amazon. And you can truly own that audience for once and for all, instead of having to deal with the boogeyman, Jeff Bezos, breathing down your neck and, 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 and essentially slapping you on the wrist for you trying to actually provide the best value to your customer at the end of the day. So yeah. I, I really want to like emphasize that. The, the macro aspect affects, uh, the micro aspect affects the macro aspect and it goes hand in hand. It goes back and forth. No, I, I completely agree. Um, and if you, for anybody that's not familiar with Dr. Squatch, if you just Google it or go to Amazon, Dr. Squatch, it's it's uh, soaps made specifically for men. Like they're catering mm -hmm. towards the male demographic, but they do mm -hmm. a great they do a great job at it. And we were talking about the ads. The ads, you can, it's clear like they don't take themselves too seriously, but mm -hmm. they're clearly they're clearly like nailing like what speaks to guys right mm -hmm. like we all need so everybody needs soap right mm -hmm. so like their demographic is super wide but they're super niching down like the, the guys that are like okay i need a good laugh right well, i see a billion ads every day and I, man i don't think i've seen one bad ad from them 
they've they've actually gotten into they I've seen them sometimes on TV. Um, and I don't know if they're still doing it, but I remember in the past. So like they're 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 going pretty hard. I mean, if you've got TV commercial, if you got TV spots, like there's something there. But if you look at them and if you look at their store, if you go to their store, mm-hmm. I pull it up, but I'm having issues with Amazon. Like everybody's having issues with Amazon.com today. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, if you go to their their landing page, like if you go to the Doctor Squatch store, mm-hmm. watch that first video on there. It, it's 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 really it really nails home what they're trying to do, and I think they've done a spectacular job at it as well. Uh, Every person that's listening to this podcast is going to get retargeted with Dr. Squatch ads because we probably did yeah. so many times let's, already. Let's, let's sign up for some affiliate links real quick and then put it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just drop them in the chat and everything like that. You know, yeah. uh, make uh, sure that you guys go and get a uh, pack of three soaps, free, uh, free three soaps from Dr. Yeah. Squatch, courtesy of Joshua Porter and Barkus Patty. Uh, but Barkus does touch you. You touch on something that's like extremely powerful, right? Is that they understand their core demographics who their audience is, what they want, how to appeal to them, how to market to them and how to sell them. And that's what a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of products on Amazon don't really do. Right. You know, it's the user going on Amazon searching for a specific product instead of the product trying to find the user. And case in point, this is a perfect example of how you, if you have uh, pre-engagement prior to your launch, post-engagement prior to your launch, you can get better information about your buyers and you can actually bring them into the fray so that you know what actually works best for them. So like a simple solution, um, I'm not saying if you guys have a million and one uh, different landing pages or anything like that, but if you just want to set up something simple, it could be a post-purchase questionnaire or a yeah. uh, a warranty or a PDF follow-up, something simple like that, even a gift card to thank you, thank them for being part of your, uh, being part of your, uh, your, your buyer group, you know, and that's just easy, easy information that you can get feedback on your product on how to improve upon it, how to actually make implementations, how to make modifications, how to thank them for it, how to even retarget them. Cause they will go through that process. And if you're curious about that, I'm talking about elite sellers funnels. Um, we actually do have our, our, our funnels, which are dynamic landing pages designed to actually engage with your buyers and help them get from point A to point B while providing a solution. So again, PDF guide, warranty, uh, gift card, uh, even even uh, uh, free product. So these are all ways to actually uh, add value at the end of the day when it comes to the purchase of your product so you can make your your users feel like they're special and that they're part of something unique that most other sellers aren't even offering off of that. And this all comes down to a simple URL or even a product insert with a QR code. Yeah, I think that, I think it's hard to get started on something like at like external client engagement because some people are like where do I start because it's it's such a creative process right mm-hmm. uh, I think that the most most of my friends that are like super successful selling on Amazon like they're super analytical they can look at a spreadsheet and it's fine like it, it doesn't it doesn't hurt their brain like it does me right mm-hmm. looking at PPC reports business reports all that stuff like that's that's just easy for them that's just cake um, it's hard to be good at that and the creative process. Mm-hmm. But the more that you do the creative process or at least hire somebody to get you started, like just maybe doing some documentation on social media, getting things started, building those funnels out in a lead seller. Like if you're once you start speaking to them externally and you're not trying to you're not trying to, you know, do a rebate, you're not trying to incentivize a review. You're just trying to talk to them because the more that you talk to them, you'll understand what they like. Right. You're, so when you understand what your core demographic really is about, kind of building like a customer avatar, like not only does that side of the business get better and easier to do, but it helps you prioritize your listings, right? So like maybe you re- wrote these really great descriptions and bullet points and everything, 
but that's not really what your core demographic is looking for, right? Mm -hmm. Then you can be like, so it just, it all around, it just gets better, right? The more that you understand about who is buying it, why are they buying it? What are they buying it for? That helps optimize your listings, but it also helps with client engagement externally. That helps you build that leg of the business, right? Um, when you start building these audiences, like you get, there's a lot of flexibility, right? So like, maybe you want to start building out walmart.com. You can mm -hmm. start leading people to walmart.com or back to Amazon. Like maybe you just want to live on Amazon only because that's just the easiest thing. Um, once you're at scale, like it's easy to stay in Amazon once that's, you know, if that's 95% of your business and you're doing really well at it, or maybe you want to build out a real, like, you're like, I want to build out a real D to C brand. Right. Or maybe maybe I'm doing all this to get into retail. So like whatever that reason is, like when you understand your customers, it just gets easier. Yeah. And I think the important part is really understanding that customer journey. So like you were like you were just saying, Marcus, um, if, if you're living on Amazon, if you're living and dying by Amazon and you want to actually start building out your own website or even your Shopify store, a great way to actually do that is that customer engagement success follow up, right? So yeah. you're getting them over from Amazon and getting them over to like, let's say your Shopify store after they opted into a product insert or they provided an email and you're leading them over to there, or they just happen to do a quick Google search on your product. And you know, they can just find it on Amazon. They can be like, I want to make sure this is legit. So let me just hop on Google real quick. Let me see. Okay. They do actually have a website. Let me head on over there. And then they are giving you a unique offer that you wouldn't get on Amazon, right? Um, hopefully Amazon doesn't start cracking down on that as well, because that would truly suck. But um, let's say you're getting like 15, 20% off from just applying your email and you decide to actually purchase from them on that website versus on Amazon, right? So great. Now you actually own that customer data and own that customer information. You can choose to engage with them outside of that. And it's a beautiful way to actually start building out your pipeline. You start getting really good at building out your pipeline and building out your product list and having success on Shopify. You can start then going to, uh, you can start trying to uh, expand out on walmart.com or even get into stores where you can actually have your product and people can find unique offerings of your product that they wouldn't find on websites. So now you're actually getting into the home front of where people are actually engaged in shopping with. And now you're, you're hitting another demographic of people that's not normally going to find your product, whether they spend a little time on, on like on the internet, like I do, I spend very little time on Facebook. So I actively don't get targeted with ads so aggressively, but let's say they're on YouTube and they're watching educational videos, then that's another way to target them or they've uh, they've actively found your product and they wanna actually engage with it. They wanna purchase it. So that's another wonderful way to actually do that. So I, I think looking at it from an omni-channel perspective is the best way to actually go forth and put forth that energy and effort into it. And this is why I say, if somebody's new to the uh, to the e-com business, think of your post-purchase engagement follow-up, right? If you're already if you're already built out your your business, but you focus ninety percent of your revenue on Amazon, think of your post-purchase engagement. You could be losing hundreds of thousands of dollars by not actively engaging that pipeline. And this is a great way to actually flesh it out and truly own your audience. Because if you don't, like, what's what's the purpose of you doing this at the end of the day? Is it just so you constantly give money to Amazon? because you're just yeah. throwing away capital. You're leaving so much money on the table. Why not own that list? And why not build a true brand? Because that's what Amazon is focusing on. They want you to actually build out a brand. Hence why they have yeah. the follow button. Hence why they have all these social engagement aspects. They want you, they want to try to like copy this, uh, this Facebook, Amazon model, but it's easier just to own audience yourself. So might as well take that step and own the audience, use them. Yeah. Thank Amazon for all their, their help, energy and effort for helping you build up your brand on their platform, but then completely yeah. take a left field and start building out your own pipelines. I, you make some really great points there. I think anybody that is successful 
with a business primarily selling on Amazon. I hate to say Amazon seller, right? Because we're not mm -hmm. selling Amazon, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but um, it's just semantics. I'm, I'm a weirdo, but I don't think anybody is like, I would love, if I had the choice, I would have my own brand on Shopify or WooCommerce. Mm. Like if they had the choice, I don't think many people would stay on Amazon. If, and if they did, it would only be for the fulfillment, the FBA part where Amazon, you send your product into Amazon and they, they ship it out for you. Um, and that's just a convenience factor, right? Like Amazon right now is the most convenient way for businesses to sell their physical product and digital products on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And about the brand, the brand aspect. Yeah. Like it, it's, um, Amazon's constantly wanting businesses to build brands, brand registry, right? Brand mm -hmm. registry was nothing when it came out. It was really more of a like protection. Like we get a trademark and then you can come here. Like you can, it's a little bit easier to talk to us when you have hijacker or not hijackers, but counterfeit products. Right. Mm -hmm. But now they've really morphed out into like some really solid tools in there. Um, and then most recently they, 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 they launched two, two other tools. And I feel like there is a push on Amazon's end to real, like these tools are good, but they're not real. They're not like they're, they're piecemeal. Like this, this one tool does this one thing, mm -hmm. like brand analytics. Uh, and then there's other tools that do piecemeal things here and there. They don't have a true all in one solution. Right. But I feel like they're, they're, they're looking at doing that. I think that they're looking at building out their own internal uh, set of tool like analytics, because they just have, they have, they have access to other data that, that nobody else does. They have access to all the data. Well, yeah, yeah. So that, well, that was my point. Like, you know, we, we have access to like certain APIs as developer, like you as developers have access to certain data through APIs. Um, and, but you don't have, we don't have all the data. Right. Um, and I just think that I, th I think they're looking into it. I don't think it'll ever replace the big, I, you know, like I think it'll, it, it might hurt some smaller tools out there, you know, that might do like one thing really well. Mm -hmm. Um, but like the real suites of tools, like elite seller and others, like, I, I don't think it'll necessarily hurt them, but it is, it's interesting because I mean, you know, three years ago, they didn't have any tools at all. You know, yeah. they didn't have any real tools for keyword or re keyword or product research or any type of analysis. So they're interested in it at least. And, and you make a very good point, right? They are, Amazon is obviously rolling out new suite of tools on their end to essentially bridge the gap between software and uh, Amazon seller or user in this, in this instance, so that they can actually keep more people on their platform to actually use it. But, you know, innovation happens fast in this business. So there's a lot of key, key uh, points that were actually brought up. And primarily when it comes to our software elite seller, we actively focus on those, uh, on that brand analytic data. We can actually pull all that, all that information in. You can use our keyword tracker, which is going to dynamically track your keywords on a rolling 30 day check, just like what uh, Amazon would want. And we're actually gonna show you that your keywords are actively indexed ranking and that you're, uh, that you're actively gaining results off of your keywords and your energy and effort. Um, another thing that's brought up that's uniquely about our software that most other tools don't have is to be the ability to actually uh, check with your competition, check on your competition, and do that on a rolling 30-day look back. So our reverse ASIN plus tool, you can do up to 20, 20 specific ASINs and you can sort by relevancy and rank right there on the spot. This is actually going to save you a bunch of time when you do your keyword research so that you don't have to spend all this energy and effort trying to figure out how to actually do this on the back end of Amazon. Because again, navigating Seller Central can be like going through a maze. It can be extremely confusing. 
Um, we actually want to, that's the whole purpose of our software is to actually make it easier for Amazon sellers to actively use it. Now, touching on the previous point that we talked about when it came to product inserts, we don't want you guys just to immediately stray off of Amazon and go away to uh, start building building out these other channels. We actually want you to build those, but we don't. We want you to stay on Amazon as much as possible um, because that's where your bread and butter is going to be primarily made. We do offer unique, uh, unique post-purchase engagement strategies that will actively help you out if you're in multitude of different marketplaces. So a uh, perfect example is if you are selling in the United States, Canada, Mexico, and the UK, you can easily use our multi-channel product insert. And that's just going to essentially bring structure to your brand. That's going to allow people to go from one funnel all the way to their own unique marketplace and then some across across whatever avenue that they're in and just systemize it and make it process, uh, make it make it cohesive and make it consistent across your brand. Um, yeah, but that's just my two cents on the software aspect of things and and yeah. what Amazon is trying to do. Um, it, it's even telling in uh, their advertising, like it's easy to say PPC, like pay-per-click, but Amazon's really rolled out a lot of new ways to advertise your products on Amazon. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and even with DSP, they're rolling it out where you can do some off, off Amazon stuff, like pushing things to, now this is some high level stuff, but you know, pushing, pushing ads to a fire TV or mm -hmm. their tablets and, and other things. So, um, I find it tell like, obviously Amazon's going to try to monetize as much as they can. Like they're a business, like that's kind of like what we, what we do, right? If you found mm -hmm. a new, like if you're selling these products and you found this great complimentary product to your suite of, you, you know, you want to add it to your catalog and it makes sense. Like, yeah, do it, monetize it. Right. Um, but I, I think they also want to control as much as they can. And I, and I think they're trying to find that sweet balance. Like you can't control everything. You can't control every aspect of these businesses selling on Amazon because you'll start to lose brands. Um, but they want to control this, this ecosystem for monetary gain, which I completely get, but also mm -hmm. they want to stay out of the, the spotlight, the negative spotlight. They don't mm -hmm. want the, the big news um, writing articles about, potential brands being fraudulent on it. Like even if it's a brand doing something bad, if that, 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 that story goes viral, it's mm -hmm. bad news for Amazon. Right. Um, they just want to take like, you know, so, so I get both sides of it. I think they're trying to find that sweet spot. Uh, I hope they find the sweet spot that benefits the brand selling on Amazon mm -hmm. um, a, a, as much as possible, because that's, that's ultimately why they exist. Right. Like what, like they, like we have to say like, what we're doing as a community has obviously helped Amazon, right? We, like we, the numbers speak for themselves. So I, I, I hope that there's this down the road that it gets to the point where Amazon's like, okay, the, we've done amazing because of this community. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, I think that's what's happening. I'm not trying to say this. I'm not trying to say this in a negative way, but all these tools that are rolling out uh, in key, like in the brand dashboard, all, but also in Amazon advertising, mm -hmm. uh, I think it's telling, and all this stuff is free, by the way, for the most part. Like, so if you're not in part of brand registry, most people are these days, but most of this stuff is free. Like you have to pay for advertising, obviously. And there's other things, but most of these tools are, are free to use. Uh, like Amazon Post, like you were talking about, um, like all this stuff is free to use. So it's not, I, I think that, it, I think that they're leaning towards that way. I think it's getting to that point. So um, anyway, it's, it's all nice to see. I'll say it that way. Yeah, Amazon does put a lot of energy and effort into their uh, public relationships, uh, to just to say the least, right? You know, they're currently going through a situation. I'm pretty sure that you heard about this, where uh, Amazon actively uh, 
crack down on the unionization and uh, try to cheat out the union workers from a fair vote on uh, on actually being able to get livable wages and proper working conditions in their own in their own FBA warehouses. And you know, while that's happening on one aspect, you know, uh, Amazon's also getting public uh, public notoriety for for giving over a hundred million dollars to uh, Barack Obama's campaign and 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 things like that, just to, trying to balance out the skills because again, they don't want to come across as the company that's just like this, uh, this evil monopolistic company, um, but also trying to maintain public image at the same time and also like seem like they're actively caring about user experience, user engagement. And you're right, they're actively rolling out all these new tools, all these new features. Uh, but just to take it back just a sec, a lot of these features weren't necessarily available many years ago, right? Yeah. So this was up to the Amazon community in and of itself, whether it was built on Facebook or built in group chats or in, or in private forums, things like that, where a lot of really smart people came together and it's like, I want to be able to manage my Amazon business a whole lot easier. This is becoming overwhelming. I have to hire VAs to manage my VAs to manage my VAs. So how do I come together to be able to actually build something that's going to allow me to one, scale my business and, and level it up the way that I want to, but also keep track of the important metrics and KPIs and the way that my business is intended to grow. So I can actually know for once and for all, is my business actually profitable? Case in point, you have softwares cropping up left and right, but just to speak to ours for a second, right? We do have that wonderful dashboard that's going to help you keep track of everything that you need to know. So in case you don't wanna to have to spend hours upon hours figuring out Amazon's backend or just navigating uh, navigating uh, brand registry or just getting everything in order, uh, all, the, all the necessary paperwork and all the filings that you have to do, it's easier to actually just manage your account from one place. It's a, it's, it's a great strategy. Um, so let's talk about, <coughs> I guess like the future of Amazon. I, I like to talk about this kind of at the end with everybody. And it's like, what do you think is going to be the future for uh, Amazon in general or e-commerce in general, or maybe a little bit of both? Hmm. Man, I'd have to ponder my orb for a hot second to figure out that question. But you got your um, magic eight ball. Yeah, my magic eight ball. Let me just shake it up real quick. Um, the future of Amazon, honestly, it's going to go the way in my mind the way of social media and a conglomeration of a conversation I had with Carlos not too long ago about the QVC type model, right? Where they're pushing live Amazon live very heavily. They want people to be on that live streaming is very popular. Um, that's going to become, in my opinion, a pretty much a uh, necessity when it comes to launching products in the future. And it, I believe that Amazon is going to be focusing more on the bigger brands on the platform where it's going to get harder and harder for the newbie seller to actually get edge their way in to be able to sell on Amazon. Because again, yeah. um, it's become more and more competitive in the space to uh, PPC uh, advertising costs keeps on going up. The cost of just acquiring inventory and getting it into Amazon keeps on going up. The amount of energy and effort that goes into actually putting a product live on Amazon keeps on going up. There's just, it just, it keeps on mushrooming out to have this effect where it's, going to become harder and harder for just a single person like, like you, Barkus, or me, myself, to actually launch a product on Amazon and be 100% completely successful without having all these loose ends that they need to tie up. So by having all these new iterations, these new software updates that they have on Amazon, where they're rolling out the follow button, where they're rolling out Amazon Post, where they're rolling out Amazon Live, it's honestly like they're taking 
bits and pieces that they like from other websites, they're actively combining it with Amazon and they're saying, here's how we get the best user experience. Case in point, like you yeah. just mentioned, DSP is advertise, advertising to people on their Amazon Fire Stick. So right in the middle of their Netflix and chill special or whatever they're watching at that moment, whether it's like, what's, what's a new TV show? Squid Game, is that still popular? That's Netflix. Anyway, uh, <laughs> they're they're watching they're watching your TV show. They're going to get an ad roll for a product that they probably actively liked on Amazon, or that they've that they've checked out and they've had it in there. They've had it in uh, in checkout for a couple of days, or they they've added it to their wish list, and now they're getting an advertisement for that product, and that could easily push the line of sale right there. So that's yeah. where it's going to come full spectrum, where it's no longer just your purchasing a product, you're sending it into an Amazon warehouse and then you're putting your listing live and then you're throwing some advertising behind it. Now it comes into the, the true follow through, the true follow through of all that. So let's say hypothetically that person does purchase that product that they just saw on Amazon. What's next? Case yeah. in point, QR codes, product inserts, post-purchase engagement, take them to your own page, truly own that customer. Because if your goal, if your entire, if your entire process is to own your customer, this is the best way to do it. You can keep them on Amazon. You can hopefully get them to come back. Maybe it's a subscribe and save, or if it's a one-off product, might as well get them over to your page, get them to buy your products and get them over to your official website. Yeah. Um, I think it, I think all of this in the past, especially the past couple of years, um, I think it's all telling that Amazon loves a brand, a real brand mm -hmm. that's trying to build something real and sustainable that could live off of Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, I think I think it's my two cents. I think the future of, of Amazon for businesses selling uh, on Amazon, I think that you're going to see more tools pop up again. I don't think they're trying to take over the software space. I just think that. I think they've been pretty smart about rolling out unique tools um, that have different metrics and stuff that, that, you know, developers don't have access to currently. And this always changes. Like, it, like they've opened up when they rolled out the new APIs. Was it last year or is, or is it this year? Or I think it was last year. But, um, you know, they, they gave developers Yeah, the solid performance. To, yeah, so they gave access to a little bit more. So, um I think that they are smart and they're not trying to necessarily compete with everybody, but they're like, man, so like these, these, these brands selling on Amazon, they, they want certain things and they're just, I think they're just trying to come out with unique features on that end. Um, and I think it helps um, to keep people like, so like maybe, maybe, maybe I'm getting real frustrated with Amazon as a business. And I'm like, man, I'm just going to go try Etsy because my, all my products are handmade. Mm -hmm. Well, Amazon doesn't want that, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that all of this is, you know, it's it's retention, right? So they wouldn't do this if they didn't have a reason behind it. There's no reason for them to just make these tools unless it's to keep you on the platform, which I have no problem with because most of those tools, they're, they're nice, right? Mm -hmm. uh, especially when they don't cost anything extra besides the, you know, whatever your Amazon feeds already are. So I, I think that's the future. Amazon's going to continue to prioritize how can we help real brand brands that are trying to be a real thing. Right. And when I say real, I mean something that can live off of Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, I think that as sellers, I think brands are going to try to continue to build out that ecosystem of it, you know, building landing pages, like warranty pages, VIP pages, beta testing. Like maybe you have consumable products, maybe that's in beauty. Look, let's say I have a makeup line, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, I can send, I can have a, a, a list of people that are loyalty. Like they, they're constantly buy from me, like every month or every couple months, I can invite them to like a beta group and they can test products for me. 
right? So I'm not making any money, I'm losing money, but I'm getting back valuable data. So I think that we're gonna start seeing more things like that from brands down the road. Like that, and those are things that are that are they're not that's cool to talk about. They're they take a while to build up. But when you start building out all these different lists uh, and however however those lists are created, it's email or social media, some sort of messaging. Uh, again, it all if you can tie it all back into your ecosystem, like it's really a beautiful thing. Like if you go through the Dr. Squatch funnels again, like mm-hmm. use them as an example, like they've done a really amazing job of building out a real ecosystem, right? That can they can live anywhere. Yeah, and 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 what you're really touching on is the user experience, right? And that's such an important <laughs> facet moving forward because again, it's it's not just about throwing a product online and praying and hoping that it sells and throwing money at the advertising engine just to capitalize on keywords. Yes, that is important, but it's all about the follow through, right? It's again, if you're asking a girl out on a date, Marcus, you're already married. You have several kids. You don't need to do that anymore. But if you were to put yourself back in that shoe, it's just not about getting the phone number. It's about what do you do afterwards, right? Are you going to engage with them? How often do you engage with them? What's the response? What's the reaction? And again, this is helping you move forward to actually create a unique experience, all of your own. So again, if you have, uh, as you were touching, uh, talking about the beta tester group that you're going out, uh, that you're going out there and collecting, what's wrong with simply asking them to try out your product, giving you feedback on it, and then having helping you improve your product before you actually bring it to market? Because you only have one set of eyes, right? You only have one set of eyes, one set of ears in your own brain that's inside your head, and maybe you're working with a couple people. But again, there's plenty of softwares out there. There's plenty of tools out there. But then there's also your own creativity and your ingenuity to actually be able to utilize these tools in your own unique ways to get that feedback that you really desire that's going to help you follow through and make your product the best possible product on the marketplace. And that's what needs to be focused on because there are way too many Me Too products out there on the marketplace currently right now. And if you're thinking about the evaluation of it, are you just another seller that just conglomerated a bunch of different products that copycats of somebody else? Or did you build a whole cohesive brand from start to finish that has the best user experience, the best buyer experience, the best follow-up and the best engagement from that? So how do you go about doing that? It's, It's again, it's about living, breathing, dying for your product. And then also making sure that your customers are absolutely happy because Amazon focuses on their customers to make sure that they're absolutely happy. Why not you focus on your customers to make sure that they're absolutely happy? Absolutely. And, you know, you brought up another great point. Like this all comes down to like the user experience. But let's say let's say you do want to sell one day. Let's say mm-hmm. I built this amazing brand mm-hmm. of uh, it's something in home and garden. Right. What's going to happen in the future with aggregators, this is my fear, my opinion, is we're all going to start to niche down. Like, hey, we got really good at apparel. We really good got good at home and garden. Like, mm-hmm. the, we're all going to have these hero categories that we're great at because what happens is, let's say we're really good at apparel. Mm-hmm. Um, we know how to build it, and we've got we've got I don't know 10, 15 different brands in just apparel. Well, we know how to train. It's easier to train those teams as we acquire a new brand and we hire a team for that. It's easier to train them in those specific categories because every category is just a little different. Mm-hmm. That's easier for aggregators to do. And it looks better in their portfolio. Let's say they want to sell off that part of their portfolio one day. Mm-hmm. Right. Or they want to raise more money. It's like, look, man, we knocked it out of the park out of 14 out of these 15 brands. We know what we're doing in, in apparel. Uh, and we need, I don't know, a trillion dollars. So, right, like it's easy, it's an easier ask when it's easy to show like repetitive results. Same thing with your brand. If you're building out a home and garden brand and like you have, like you might not have one or two hero ASINs, but maybe 75% of your revenue is spread across 10 products. 
right? So you've got a really solid lineup. So if one of those products goes down, you're not dead in the water. But mm-hmm. if you built out this really great home and garden brand, then you go to the home and brand home and garden aggregators, right? Because they care about your what category you're, you're they care about that category more than somebody else. So it's what and that kind of is twofold, like you'll probably get a better evaluation. Like if, if we didn't care about home and garden and we probably wouldn't even try to put an offer in. Right. But mm-hmm. if you go to that home and garden aggregator or they're just known for doing really well, two things, you get a really good valuation and you also get the feeling like they're not going to tank this brand. Right. I know that they can make this successful. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's essentially you're passing off your 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 child to somebody else to take care of. Right. You've put all this time, energy and effort into building up this beautiful, this beautiful business. And obviously you want to get rewarded for that. So you're finding the best possible suitor that's going to actually take that brand and actually get it to shine the way that you possibly couldn't uh, with your limited capacity. Right. Or maybe you're just exhausted or maybe you just want to start fresh. So hopefully if, if that's the case, aggregators or uh, investment firms, things like that will start niching down to to be very uh, product specific. And they would actually have strategies to be able to take that product from what it is right now to what it potentially could have been. And I, I think that's 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 a very forward thinking way of doing doing it, because I'm not too sure if there's any any aggregators in the space currently right now that are that niche down. But let's say you were to actually get your brand bought out by if you have a makeup brand, you're getting it bought out by like L'Oreal or something like that or Chanel or yeah. or I'm, I'm not a big makeup person. So don't well, don't quote me on any of these. <laughs> don't quote I mean, me on any of these. Companies. Yeah. Uh, uh, Estee Lauder or something like that. I, I don't know if that's if that if that's still a thing. Maybe I'm old. Um, but let's say they actually reach out to you and they want to consume your brand. They actually want to bring it part of their lineup. That's a great way to actually let go of your business and knowing that it's going to be in secure hands when it actually when you actually let go of it. And I, I think that's 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 a very unique outlook on it. Hopefully that's the case. Hopefully aggregators start niching down. Hopefully sellers start niching down and actually take that time, energy and effort to to put in that follow through, put in that energy, make sure that their clients are happy and make sure that they're getting the best possible product out to them consistently. And that all takes a precedent when it comes to customer engagement. Well, absolutely. And if you think about it this way, too, let's say you are building out this makeup brand, but you Mm -hmm. only live on Amazon. You don't have any external client engagement. There's no social media, anything like that. L'Oreal, Estee Lauder. Kylie Jenner's brand, whatever, they don't even know you exist. But if you have a solid social media platform where you have really engaged followers, you've got lists and lists and lists and lists, mm-hmm. you could you could at least you could at least pitch your brand to L'Oreal, right? Hey, yeah. look, I like because all these major multi-billion dollar corporations, they have acquisition teams themselves. So you just have when you when you start building these things out and try to look at these things holistically, it's like, what does my brand look like from somebody that's never heard of us? never Mm -hmm. seen anything before what does it look like how does it compare to like you know how does it compare to kylie jenner's brand like if you're in makeup like how does it how does it look you know what can i improve upon when you take a step back and look at all these things that's where you realize like okay this is what i need to do but when you start building out these things where your brand can live off of amazon and on like look amazon's a beautiful place like we all have uh, a lot of uh we all have a lot of respect for amazon but when you start building these things out, you have options. And if you have options then you just have leverage, right. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, you know what I'm saying? Like, again, like having your brand acquired by L'Oreal, if you're a makeup company is amazing. Right. So, yeah. If I had a makeup brand and L'Oreal reached out to me and said, Hey, Joshua, we want, we want to buy your blush or your lipstick or something like that, or your eyeshadow or, or your, 
I don't, yeah, I don't it's know. a it's a it's a big deal. So, but then you, but that's my point. It's like you you mm-hmm. have options, right? Mm-hmm. So you can be like, you can come to us and be like, well, you know, actually, I've gotten an offer from L'Oreal. What do you guys got? So, <clears throat> all of these things are all these are just small bits and pieces to this whole mm-hmm. ecosystem of just what your brand looks like. Um, and again, like it's it's hard to think of it. If you're very analytical, it's hard mm-hmm. to think about these things sometimes. But if you're anybody that is, has any terms of success on Amazon, like at this point, if you're not doing things to uh, at least build your name, right? Mm-hmm. So we're not we're not talking about build a landing page to offer people rebates or you know pay them to leave a review. Like we're not talking about that stuff. We build that name where people care at least about what you want to say, like as a brand. You know, maybe maybe you're in kitchen and this is the easiest example. It's like maybe you sell kitchen tools. Okay. Maybe maybe you're constantly have people come on and they're showing people how to cook, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe it's like these unique things. Like I'm not a I'm not a chef, but I love watching people cook, right? I, I don't want to cook necessarily all the time. Like it's not my thing. Mm-hmm. But I like watching people do, you know, like and even the interesting stuff. So um, but that's like endless valuable content, right? Where you get to the point where you build a following, people care about what your brand has to say. So when you launch a new product, it's easier to be like, hey, guys, uh, thank you so much for being part of the community. Since you're part of this community, we have a special 20% off. The best way to find this product is to blah, 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 blah. And you go down that path. That's an easier ask than going up to somebody that's never heard of your brand and be like, hey, do you want, uh, you want to buy this product? Yeah, yeah. And, and I, w- I will agree with you. On, I believe that one of the biggest factors in moving forward when it comes to bringing products to market on Amazon is going to be uh, pre-purchase list building, right? Yep. So being able to have an audience that you can build up ahead of time, kind of like a brand ambassador group or just a, a, a pre-VIP club um, and, and getting those people engaged in the concept of what your product is. Because again, that customer experience, you're already taking the time to figure out who your, who your solid buyers are, right? And you can use this in a multitude of different ways, right? You can use it in a post-purchase aspect where you're getting their contact information and you're retargeting them with social ads, whether that be Google, Facebook, Instagram, or whatever, whatever kind of social engagement that you choose to do. And then you can get those people into your funnel and you can have them join a pre-purchase list, which is again, going to help you elevate your product in the marketplace. Because again, you're, you can offer them a unique offer. That's let's say 20% via coupon, via email, and then have that same offer on Amazon. So it's all within terms of service. And you can actually get that engagement. You can get yourself essentially a boost to your, uh, to your product immediately, which is great. And I think a lot of people actually need to start putting time, energy, and effort into that because that's something that's not necessarily done. It was done uh, quite heavily with rebates. But now that's against terms of service and any software out there that's using it probably should uh, limit themselves to actually doing that. But uh, I digress, building that unique curated audience for your product and making sure that the base of your core audience is happy and satisfied with what you offer them is, is crucial because if you, if you drop the ball on them, you might as well drop the ball on everything else. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Like it, it's all about building the ecosystem, right? Mm-hmm. If you build it, then, you know, if you build it, you can send people wherever you want, Amazon off Amazon, you, you just get, you get you just have a lot more options, you know, like we've all mm-hmm. seen brands just absolutely tank because they had one product that's the, that generated 90% of the revenue and they only mm-hmm. lived on Amazon. Yeah. And it might be a fraudulent suspension, but being suspended for just a week, that kills your ranking, right? Yeah, that can and easily so, kill your business. Yeah, 
So, and there's, I mean, there's just so many other things about, about that that just makes sense in the long term. So, we're at the top of the hour. So, Josh, I, I appreciate um, you coming on and sharing your insights. Uh, I like the way you think. Um, and just for everybody that's just now joining, they didn't hear the first of it. How does um, you have an offer for everybody for if they were interested in Elite Seller? Yeah, Elite Seller right now, we're doing a 45 day free trial promotion and that's lasting until the end of the year. You can consider this our Black Friday slash Christmas offer for you guys. So you can go over to EliteSeller.com forward slash pricing and you can just sign up for a 45 day free trial. You can use the special code BF45. Um, that's going to get you that 40, 45 day free trial. We'll authorize that with our uh, with our customer support team. And you know we want you guys to start running your business like the CEO that we know that you are. Uh, Elite Seller has all the tools capable of helping you scale rank, uh, excuse me, scale your business, automate your business, uh, making sure that you have all the necessary tools in place to actually get everything up and running and have the necessary follow through. So whether that's just managing your business or creating post-purchase engagement, we have everything that you could want on that tool uh, on Elite Seller and then some. So you can go check us out, EliteSeller.com forward slash pricing. Awesome. And for anybody that's listening, um, if you're interested in having a conversation about what it looks like to sell a business these days, if you just have questions, you're not really sure what, where, how to go down. I always offer a free consultation. Just shoot me a message on social media. I'm not, the, I'm the only Barkus Patty on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Um, but you can also email me at Barkus at emergent.com. We also have a contact page, contact us page on our website as well. Um, again, thanks so much for joining and Josh, you have a great rest of your year. Thanks, Marcus. I appreciate it, man. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to What the Exit Podcast with your host, Barkus Patty from Emergent. Every week, I'm talking to industry leaders, brand owners, and service providers about what it's really taking to build that brand on Amazon these days in 2021 and going forward, and really how to maximize the value of the business of that great thing that you've built. If you have questions for us, you can always contact us. Go to emergent.com, E-M-E-R-G-A-N-T.com. There's a contact us button. That'll go directly to me. You can also shoot me a message on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or you can shoot me an email at barkus at emergent.com. Um, be sure to comment. Let me know what you think about the podcast. If you, if you love it, subscribe to it. Tell a friend about it. And uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>